All right, welcome to the Student Success Exchange podcast, a series of deep conversations about real student stories between a student affairs professional and the students he serves. I'm your host, David Ipyam, a student affairs professional and a leadership educator committed to assisting proactive students to level up. When I'm not working with couples to maximize their relationships through relationshipzen.ca or with professionals to elevate their game through change intelligence and with families to learn martial arts at Mind Over Matter Karate, I'm facilitating spaces with students who want to be high performers and game changers. The idea behind this interview style podcast is to learn from the experience of students who are striving and persevering through post-secondary education to better understand how they make sense of their journey and to identify the skills they use throughout the process. So before we jump into this episode, I just want to let students and those who support students know that I'll be creating an online course in summer 2019 in which I guide students through a unique self-reflective and experiential framework to clarify their personal philosophy, surround themselves with the confidence, mindfulness, and recovery strategies for high impact and performance, and avoid common pitfalls that can sabotage the student experience. So sign up for updates if you're interested at davidipyam.com forward slash student dash success. All right, this is episode five in which our guest, Diane, shares what it was like to be involved in student life and going on an international exchange program as a person who sees themselves as more reserved and introverted. Diane's story is loaded with powerful reflections. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Hi, Diane, and welcome to the Student Success Exchange podcast. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you, David. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I'm a student at International Studies at London, um, and I suppose I'm a student leader. <laughs> Perfect. We'll talk more about that. So, Dan, why don't you begin by telling us where you are local to? Um, I guess if I think about where I'm local to, it's mostly where I feel most at home, which is 100% Toronto. Born and raised in Toronto? Yeah. What area in Toronto? Uh, West End. And do you have what what kind of activities you get up to in Toronto on a on a weekly basis? Uh, I do karate. That's I guess like the big thing that I do outside of school. Um, yeah, I just I like to go downtown. I like to see different places, different parks. Um, I just moved to the annex, so I like to go to Christie Pitts now. Yeah, it's I've, nice. I've been there once, and I'm looking for for more parks to add to my list. I've only recently discovered High Park. Um, and I'm from Toronto, but I just never went south of uh, Bloor, mostly. <laughs> so I might come to you for recommendations in the future. Absolutely. I Yeah, I grew up south of Bloor. So Perfect. <laughs> North York is not a place that I know very well until I came to London. That's right. <laughs> and so, and it's kind of like a place nestled within a park. Exactly. So that's, that's why I love it. Awesome. Uh, actually, why did you choose Glendon? Um, I chose it because I wanted to be in a bilingual environment. Um, but I also wanted somewhere really small because I feel most comfortable in smaller settings, smaller group settings. Uh, so those two aspects really appealed to me. Great. And so if you were to share more aspects of your identity, values, interests, ambitions, what could you, what would you like to say? Um, I guess right off the bat, um, one of my biggest ambitions uh, is to live abroad again. I went on exchange last year, which was, I probably like a gimmick to say it was a transformative experience but I think it was um similarly I'd like to do a master's at some point um 
yeah, I guess as to like who I really am, uh, I like to be as engaged as I possibly can. Um, I like to connect with different people. Um, but I'm also an introvert, so being quieter is much more who I am, which is again why Glennon really appealed to me because I thought that um, it kind of draws in sometimes those the, those types of personalities, and sometimes they can shine a bit more easily than let's say a massive campus, um, and that's really been my experience at Glennon too. Mm -hmm. And when you say um, you identify as an introvert, what does that mean to you? Uh, to me, it means that, I guess, kind of the classic uh, interpretation of like being an introvert is needing to have alone time to recharge, as, like as if you were an electronic device and you have to recharge your batteries. Um, and for me, that's definitely the case. If I spend hours and hours and hours out with my best friends, I still at some point need to leave and go sit at home by myself, read a book, listen to a podcast, whatever. Um, and I... Being an intruder and being shy are not necessarily the same thing, of course, but for me, they're pretty much intertwined. I'm really shy in these situations. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's just who I am. Mm -hmm. No, thanks for sharing that. And then you also mentioned that you, you went on exchange, you chose Glendon for, for certain reasons. And so why don't we, why don't you tell us about our student journey and we get a full picture? Totally. Um, so like I said, I picked Glendon because it's small. Um, the idea of being a friendly environment. Um, in my first year, I mostly stayed out of student life. Uh, I was involved with some stuff, but nothing to a really big degree by any means. Uh, in second year, I became a peer mentor with the Lions Den, um, and I joined WUSC, which is the World University Service of Canada. Uh, it's a levy organization on campus, and we sponsor a refugee student every year um, and organize fundraising events around uh, refugee rights. Um, and that was kind of, I guess, the launch pad, it's not a word, yeah. the launching point mm -hmm. of um, me as a, a leader, I suppose. Um, and that kind of started to, to be the foundation. My third year I was on exchange, so I did lots of that. Uh, my fourth year, I took on a bigger role in WUSC uh, as being one of the members of the sponsorship team um, and also as one of the co-chairs. I was a peer mentor again, did some other stuff as well. Uh, so I guess my journey to kind of sum that all up uh, was it started as really a transition. I started um, not being very involved, being pretty heavily involved. And then in this coming year, because I'm doing the fifth year, uh, I'm trying to transition out of some of those bigger roles. So for WUSC was kind of the biggest one. Um, I'm not going to be co-chair next year, but I'm going to help the new chairs to find their footing, especially at the beginning. Um, and I think that, that that's also really important for some sort of like cycle and renewal. That's right. Now, um, it's interesting you mentioned uh, so introversion and then shyness are linked for you, mm -hmm. but then also that you're very engaged and have been in uh, positional leadership positions. Mm -hmm. So how do you reconcile that? Like shyness, but then have done all that um, and also exchange, which is... Uh, I assume like you have to meet new people and, you know, so uh, could that be challenging for someone who identifies as shy? What was that like? How do you reconcile those kind of yeah, realities? Absolutely. Um, I guess because I, I've always known that I'm really shy and I've always known that I'm an introvert. I've always had to remind myself that despite that, 
you still want to get the most out of life and you still want to try to engage with as many people as possible um, and really be still be mindful about the ways in which you're engaging. So for me, some of my friends joined like many, 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 many clubs in their undergrad and I just knew that, that wasn't the way that I was going to be most effective um, with uh, really engaging in like college life and whatnot. Um, so I really like pick and chose the specific areas that I wanted to be engaged in. Um, and for exchange, it was honestly like, I got, <laughs> I was in Brussels and I made some friends and then I just convinced myself, well, this is it. I just got to dive headfirst in. You don't know anyone, but you need friends in a new place. Um, so I just convinced myself to make friends and it worked, um, to the point that one of my friends didn't believe that I was an introvert. Right. She was so convinced that I was an extrovert and it came out in the spring maybe that I, I just mentioned it offhandedly and she was absolutely shocked. She was like, really? But you're so engaged. You're so friendly. You're so fun. And I was like, yeah, but I can be all those things and still be an introvert and still need to leave mm -hmm. after we've all been hanging out for five hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. And you talked about um, picking and choosing your involvements, right? So you mentioned uh, peer mentor and then as well as, uh, as WISC. Um, so did you have certain criteria when picking and choosing? Uh... Um, I guess so. So, uh, I really wanted to be a peer mentor because I like the idea of, uh, helping incoming students adjust from their life pre-Glendon, whatever that kind of looked like, to life at Glendon, um, especially in the first year. Uh, yeah, I, I like that idea of being able to help new students. Um, and also being a part of a team that works together on other leadership stuff as well. Uh, for WUSC, I was, I've always been interested in refugee rights and also just the idea of like, being a, a good person, I suppose, and helping others. Um, so I found out about it from a friend and I, it just, I took a liking to it, so I just have to get more involved. And uh, were you involved to a similar extent prior to university, maybe in high school or, or is this new? Or? No, in high school I was very involved. I was almost <laughs> too involved, I would right. say, in my last year. Um, in different areas though. Uh, I was in music in high school, that took up a lot of my time, uh, which was great. I, I miss music a lot actually. Um, and I was, I worked on the school paper, I was one of the editors in my last year. Um, so di different ways of being involved, but I was still really involved. Mm -hmm. So um, focusing on your curricular and co-curricular experience, in what ways would you say you've changed or remained unchanged since the beginning of your studies at Glendon? Um, so I'd say that now I have changed a lot. I'm definitely more confident than I was, especially my first, second year um, versus now. Um, that said, though, I think in some ways I have remained relatively unchanged uh, in that uh, my perspective on life has been fairly consistent throughout. Um, I would say that my core values are similar, um, if not even just a little bit more refined and defined, more specific, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, and so since you are also um, involved in leadership, did your, to what extent did you, I'm, I'm a leadership educator, so I'm interested in student development from a leadership perspective as well. Um, to what extent did your identity as a leader change or remain unchanged? Mm 
Uh, so it definitely evolved, uh, even just in the last six months or so. Um, prior to six months ago, I would never, ever, ever refer to myself as a student leader or a leader in any, any shape, way, or form. Um, and it wasn't until I was applying for jobs for this summer that I looked through my CV and I really realized, oh, I've had a lot of leadership roles, like in quotes. Uh, I guess I'm a leader. <laughs> it was kind of a weird moment. And I think it's definitely tied up into imposter syndrome, which I know I have a really bad case of. I always do in, I guess, in student life, but also in my academics, I've always like had the sense of, oh, I'm like, not, I'm not doing as well as everybody else, but I guess I'm a leader. I don't know. <laughs> right. And, and where does in your like imposter syndrome come from for you? And then how do you now, uh, how do you deal with it or cope or what strategies do you use to navigate that? Um, I think for, for me, at least, I don't know how this for other people, right. but um, I think it's just something that comes from within myself. I think it's an internal, I don't know what the right word is, uh, but it, like it definitely comes from within me. Um, and it's just kind of an expectation that, oh, but this isn't what a student leader looks like. Right. Um, and I don't think that's very fair to myself. Uh, I don't like to undermine what myself and other student leaders do. Um, Cause I think it's, I think it's important to be involved. I think that leadership can often be a very specific and personalized definition of what leadership is, um, especially especially in a university when there's so many different ways to be a leader, I would say. Um, yeah, but I, I, you were also asking about how... Um, what strategies you what use. Strategies, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I asked it in three ways, so... <laughs> um, I think that I've definitely gotten better at recognizing imposter syndrome in myself and when I'm realizing, oh, but you're actually doing okay. You're doing well, even. Um, if you're thinking that what you're doing isn't enough, it might, it might actually be enough. Um, I think it's also important to have a good support network, whether that be colleagues or friends or mentors who can not necessarily tell you, no, no, no everything's 100% fine. Don't worry about it. You're doing great. But to kind of reassure you that maybe what you're thinking about yourself isn't 100% true and try to guide your thinking into a more positive but also more realistic way. Right. So strategy is a combination of positive, productive self-talk, mm -hmm. but also in addition to that, uh, a social support network that is both honest um, and supportive. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Yeah. Um, you talked about some of the skills you developed um, throughout university, specifically refining of your values and then your perspective on life. Um, mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing, elaborating a bit on that? I think that's very interesting. Yeah, um, so I think my perspective on life is mostly that, I don't really know how to articulate this properly, but uh, success is kind of, it can be your own definition even if it's not related to the mainstream version of success. Mm -hmm. And there are also different ways to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, so in that, the way that I might be seeing myself su succeeding could be very different from someone, how someone else is seeing themselves as uh, being successful. Um, 
yeah, I would say that that's, that's probably the outlook that I have right now. Uh, in terms of values, um, I've really learned to value friendship. Um, people always say that you make your best friends in university, and I think that's been the case for me. Um, especially at London, I feel that it brings together such a unique set of people that it's, and because it is so much smaller, it is easier in a way to like find your niche group of people in a way, um, which I've been really grateful for. Um, yeah, I think just honesty, integrity, that sort of thing. Um, being a decent person, if being able to spot who a good person is and what being a good person is like. Right, right. Um, and so that might be a good segue to a question I had around student success. And if you feel like you've already answered it, no problem. But how do you define, think about, or articulate student success? Mm -hmm. um, like I was saying before, I think it's a very individualized idea. So um, when I started in first year, I was convinced that the one and only way to succeed in university is to have a fantastic GPA and the rest of it, you know, making friends, uh, building connections, having fun is kind of just secondary, let's say, because um, university, you're there to learn. That's, that's it. That's the number one reason to be there. Um, and I guess I, I'm still all about the learning. I love learning. Um, and I'm really grateful for the classes that I've taken so far. Um, but I think I've added learning plus other stuff. University can be more than just the academic experience to me. Uh, so in that way, student success is broader than just learning. It's more than just classes. Um, yeah. We talk a lot about like the whole student in, in my mm -hmm. in my field, my theoretical background. Um, so the student's not just intellectual, but it's also the effective social. You talked mm -hmm. about the social. Is that something that resonates with you? Yes. And that success is like kind of everything encompassing or the student experience is the whole part. Yeah. Right? In my notes, actually, I have uh, that liberal arts is meant to create a rounded student. But in that way, it's just related to academia, at least for the liberal arts perspective. So it's interesting when you factor in other things like other student experiences to create an even more rounded yeah. student. Oh, that's exciting because we're actually working on a part of a working group that's trying to define the graduate attributes for Glendon. Okay. And it's really from a holistic standpoint. So curricular, co-curricular, the full student experience and how it lines up to create that liberal arts kind of what it intended in, in its origin. Mm -hmm. So it's actually lining up really well with what you're saying. Awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what should the, speaking of liberal arts, what should the goal of Glendon and or any, or universities or colleges be from your perspective? Um, so speaking of, creating rounded individuals, I think that's a big part of it. Um, but I think it's also to uh, encourage curiosity um, to build inquisitive learners uh, who then, I guess, like go off into the world after commencement to be inquisitive people um, who are interested and excited to find new and different ways of solving problems, big and small. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's it. Awesome. And um, in your opinion, what are the things in your life which have made, uh, which have either made success easier or more difficult for you to experience 
Uh, and maybe it's not success, but your experience in general. What have made it more? What's made it easier? What's made it more difficult in your life? Um, specifically to attending university, uh, I've been really fortunate in that my family has been very supportive um, for me to attend university in general. Um, most of my family has attended university, um, and I didn't really understand or appreciate how much that's even a form of social capital and privilege until I got here. Um, because when my family understood the pressures of midterms and finals and big papers and that sort of thing, um, but also there's, I wouldn't say pressure for my family to graduate school, but there's an understanding that if that is something that I want to do, they respect that and they would encourage that. Um, yeah. So yeah. I guess in that way, I've, I've been very, very, very fortunate. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing. Um, and when have you felt most engaged in the curriculum uh, or co-curriculum, co sorry? Um, so I think it's definitely when I'm passionate about something and really engaged in it. Uh, I guess you can't be engaged and feel engaged, but you get the point. <laughs> um, so I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast that I study international studies. Um, and in this coming year, almost all of my international studies classes are focused on migration, um, which has always been uh, part, part of the like academic experience that I've had that I've been most interested in learning more about and thinking more about and reading more about and writing more about. Um, so I'm excited for that for a curricular perspective, but then from a co-curricular perspective, uh, I mentioned that I work with LUSC. Um, and for me, that's been really uh, important in understanding kind of the more practical side of how migration and also refugee issues play out in the real world. Um, and I think it's helped me to better understand uh, reasons behind possible policy choices made by the government or NGOs um, and how we deal with these types of issues. So I'm excited for next year. That's interesting. You've got this great, it's like, perfect experiential education, mm -hmm. right? You, you, you're in your four credit courses discussing migration, and then you're working on the ground with WISC. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned application. That's very yeah. interesting. I'm very excited for next year. Wow. Um, what's, uh, was there a particular moment when you're like, this is, this is magic, my, 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 me being here in, in, in university? Um, was it a time of working with WISC or was it a moment in class? Is there a specific time when you felt really like, wow, this is a sweet question. spot? Um, I don't know. Um, I've, got, I've probably had multiple moments of that. Um, like a very specific feeling of like, this is it. This is what I'm really excited to learn about. Um, I took a class in security studies this past year, and there were a few times that, like that while I was doing the readings before class. I was like, this, this right here on this page, this is what I'm excited to be learning about. Um, and then definitely with WUSC, there have been a few moments where it's been like planning events or something like that, uh, where I've been, you know, fortunate that I was, that I basically stumbled into this organization in a weird way. Um, uh, yeah, so I guess s small moments like that that have really affirmed what I'm doing. Right. And it's moments like that, I guess, that 
when you when you said earlier one of your ambitions is perhaps graduate school mm -hmm. i guess when you think of yourself in that security studies class um and and, and i guess you could see yourself digging deeper in that yeah. intellectual realm right because yes, if exactly. something that's exciting to you it makes it that much more plausible mm -hmm. to study for another two two or more years yeah. right and study much more in depth, in depth. In way, yeah because you're curious about mm -hmm. it you mentioned the importance of being curious and well-rounded well-rounded as well so mm -hmm. you have that in your in your undergraduate experience yeah. um could you tell us a story of when you've most struggled and triumphed uh so i think i've most often struggled when i haven't felt we were just talking about feeling really engaged and uh you know really digging into what you're learning about so i guess i felt that i've really struggled when i just haven't really felt engaged or motivated um and a lot of this for me is especially when i'm scared because uh, fear really acts as, it can act as a pretty big deterrent for myself, and I know this. Um, so if I feel unsure about something, I'm trying to not let that affect me as much. Um, this coming year I'm taking economics, which I'm quite nervous about, um, but I'm going to work through it and try my best. and. <laughs> But I'm nervous for it, of course, because uh, I, I, I don't really do math, but we'll see. Um, and then one of my most triumphed, uh, I guess, uh, when I've convinced myself that whatever I do is my best work, whatever my best is, and I've accepted that I've done my best, even what the outcome is, I did my best, so that's that's a win. Um, I guess a good example of this is uh, when I was on exchange. Um, I told myself when I got there, you just have to pass all your classes. Um, because in Belgium, it's, it's known for being really, really, really hard. So even just passing is fantastic. So I told myself, uh, just, just pass, just pass. Um, and a 10 out of 20 was a pass. The lowest grade I got was 11 out of 20. And I was thrilled because it was even a point above passing. Wow. Um, so that was a win for me. Good. Now I hear it's tough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so now you have that, uh, you know, you can deal with that tough toughness, right? Yes. That rigor, that academic <laughs> rigor. Um, so is, am I wrong to say that self-awareness is a big kind of characteristic of yours? Like you, you seem to be speaking a lot from that internal voice perspective, I think internal so. dialogue. Yeah, I think so. Um, I guess that's also one of the things that I've learned uh, through the time of my undergraduate career. Because uh, I, I don't think I was this self-aware when I started at Glendon even. Um, I think it's definitely something that I've, I've learned. And to what do you attribute that development of self-awareness? Is it like external pressures? Is it internal, you know? Um, I, think, I think I've learned to become more self-aware because of the experiences that I've had and also things that I've known that I've wanted to do. When I started at Glenn, I knew that I wanted to go on an exchange. I knew it was going to be really hard um, because my French is good, um, but I'm definitely not, I don't speak like a native speaker, for mm. example. Um, so I knew that that was going to be hard. I knew that you know, moving to a new city, because like I said, I grew up in Toronto, lived in Toronto my whole life. I knew that moving across the ocean uh, away from my friends and family into a new university was going to be really hard. But I 
was so convinced that that was something that I wanted to do, something that I absolutely needed to do um, for myself, really. Uh, yeah, so I guess in that way, it was like an internal pressure to, you know, figure it out um, and just do it. Um, but also in terms of becoming more self-aware, I think it was, uh, you know, meeting lots of other students, um, becoming more involved has really helped me uh, understand myself better, I guess, especially in, you know, context with like, other people and that sort of thing. And so actually, because we talked about exchange a couple of times, uh, I think a lot of people have that in mind when they come to Glendon or other, mm-hmm. other, other campuses, I want to go on exchange, mm-hmm. but what, what are like three tips that you might share for people wanting to go on exchange either prior to going or while they're there? Three things. Three things. Um, I think you need to consider where you want to go. Do you want to go to a big city? Do you want to go to a smaller city? Um, and with that as well, kind of what are your reasons for going? Um, I really want to go to Belgium because um, I want to improve my French. Uh, so that kind of ruled out other places as well. I want to be in a big city, which is why I went to Brussels. Um, yeah, so kind of know where you want to go and why would be one. Um, but once you're there, be as patient as you can with yourself and also with whatever circumstances you might end up in. Um, I found that Glendon's very easy to navigate from an administrative perspective, and I think it's because it's so small. Uh, the university I was at was many times bigger than Glendon, mm. and even something as simple as getting my student card took three or four weeks, I think, because they just had to print so many more of them than we have to print here. <laughs> uh, so I guess just be really patient. <laughs> um, and three, I guess, especially if you're an introvert like me or someone who's really shy, figure out how you're going to make friends and you, you might just have to be really brave and just start talking to people, which I know is unbelievably scary, but I met all of my friends because I was brave enough on I was in the first week of classes to just talk to someone uh, who introduced me to someone else who introduced me to all of his friends. Um, so I think you just have to go with the flow, but also, you know, like take a bit of a risk. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Leap of faith. Yeah. yeah. Great, great tips. Thank you. Um, and then uh, earlier we were talking about self-awareness and, and, and so many other skills. What other skills or what skills have you developed along the way? Uh, you talked about preparing your resume, for example. So mm-hmm. what does what did your undergraduate experience kind of give you in terms of skills for work or personal life? Talked about some personal already. Um, I think being able to interact with a wider variety of people, yeah, be that other students or faculty or staff, I guess from more of like an academic viewpoint, uh, being more analytical, um, stronger research skills, of course. Um, And then also from a leadership perspective, uh, learning how to build different connections. um, Yeah, interact with others and also learn from other people and, you know, work work as a team, but also being able to learn from other people and then taking that into your own projects or whatever it is that you're working on yeah that's a, that's really an art isn't it mm-hmm. it's like it's like that 
I call it synergy. It's a bit of a cliche word, yeah. but that's how I feel it. <laughs> mm. No, it's super important. Um, so I have a couple uh, lightning round questions for you. Okay. Let's start with, do you do what you feel is right or what you know is right, generally? I'm definitely a, in the moment, gut reaction. Um, I trust my gut 100%. The times that I've not trusted my gut has not gone my way. <laughs> That's, that's, that's where you get it from, that information, <laughs> yes. right? Where does it come from? Your gut, like, so center, your center? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Um, and how do you view your need for control? I would say that I do have a certain need for control, mostly in my own life, to really understand what am I currently doing? What am I currently doing? Sorry, what do I think I should be doing? Um, that sort of thing. Um, but I think I've become better at being able to recognize when that kind of, clicks into overdrive and I need to scale it back a bit. Mm -hmm. and, and why is it important to scale back sometimes in your perspective? Uh, I'm a high stress person. Um, so I think sometimes if it's going too fast, spinning too quickly, that can increase how stressed I'm feeling, right. which then means that I can't do this good work. Right. And, and it sounds like it was another internal process that, yeah, things externally can be going fast, but then there's a certain amount of choice in your own reaction that you're kind of mm -hmm. regulating yeah does that sound right yeah awesome. well i try to yeah what, what what kind of yeah in terms of try to how what kind of strategies do you use to in those stressful moments mm -hmm. uh i think on organization uh like a lot of lists i'm a huge fan of agendas um so i think when you can just plan it out if you know that you're gonna have a really hectic week just kind of Plan it out as best you can, scheduling breaks. Everybody says you need to take a break, it's, it'll help you recharge. Um, but I do really believe that. Um, yeah, and I think also just, you know, try your best. Um, and if you need to take take a breather, take a break, do it. Yeah, right. It's a bit of that self-compassion piece, right? Because mm -hmm. it's... Um... It sometimes it's at, at first it can seem counterintuitive to kind of take a break, but it actually for biological, physiological, scientific, all the reasons, spiritual yeah. reasons, whatever, yeah. it, it helps to take a break. More productive in the long run, mm -hmm. isn't it? Sometimes, I mean, often. Um, what personal habits are you most proud of? Uh, I guess kind of related to that, um, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I do karate. Um, so I guess having a consistent way that I like to get some sort of physical activity in. Uh, for me, that's always been karate. Uh, so I think trying to be consistent about going to class all the time has really helped. And it's also really helped my stress levels. Um, if I don't get to class a lot in the week, I'm definitely a lot more stressed than I need to be. Nice. So I'm going to ask you a couple more of these self-awareness questions because okay. it seems to be a focus. <laughs> um, on a scale of one to 10, um, could you rate your ability and then I'll, I'll enumerate a couple of things. So one being like low ability, 10 being high ability. Oh. Okay. And you might appreciate this as a martial artist as well. Okay. I'm, I'm, you know, as you know, I'm a martial artist. Mm -hmm. So one to 10, your ability to switch on or off. Uh, seven. Okay. Yeah. So like you might need to switch on when you use an academic demand or a whisk event or mm -hmm. whatever, or, or, a, or a martial arts thing happening. Right. Okay. Your ability to manage your internal distractions. To lock in your intention or your focus when it's dangerous? Nine. When it's boring? 
Oh. To stay focused. Four or five. Right. Nice. (laughs) When you feel pressure. Uh, Nine. Okay. During emotionally charged situations. Seven. Okay. And your ability to switch on or off when you're... Oh, sorry. The extent to which you're motivated by external things. One to ten. Eight. Okay. um, The scale to which you are motivated by internal. Also eight. Okay, so you're highly motivated by internal and external. Yeah. Excellent. Your openness to ideas. Nine. Okay, your fear of failure. Nine. Fear of looking bad. Oh, nine. Fear of success. Oh, that's an interesting one. Right. I guess also nine. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So let's yeah. unpack. Let's unpack because those are really interesting. Failure, looking bad, and success. Well, you, you gave yourself nine, which mm-hmm. is, I appreciate the answers. Um, how do you make sense of that? Uh, I'm going to have to tie it back to imposter syndrome. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a big one. Yeah. And actually, um, it's a big one in uh, graduate school education as well. And, you know, in academia, yeah. many other fields as well, mm-hmm. but because it's my field, I, I get a lot of um, right. uh, articles and I can relate it to it myself, imposter syndrome, stuff like that. Um, yeah, something yeah. that I'm interested in yeah. learning more about. I think a lot of people struggle with it. Um, yeah, I, most of my friends do. I think it's a pretty common thing across the board. Even my friends that I think are, you know, having so much more success than I could ever have uh, still feel that you know, maybe it's all a lie. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So it's a little interesting psychological research to do uh, for any of the listeners who are interested in psychology and other. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what do you hope as a closing question? Uh, what do you hope the next generation of students get right or campuses? Um, I think it's important for both students and, you know, campuses of the university administration at large. Uh, we were talking earlier about how um, the undergraduate experience is not necessarily just academics. Um, it's broader than that. It encompasses more than that. I think we're definitely shifting towards valuing more aspects of student life. Uh, so I hope that kind of continues in that same way uh, I think it probably will um, things like everything that you do in your job um, really is kind of like turning us that way uh, which I think is really important because I think that having you know different ways to build different connections um, can really shape someone's under, undergraduate experience uh, you know like I I talk to professors for academic stuff, um, and then I come to the Office of Student Affairs to talk about leadership stuff, and then friends for like fun and whatnot, and all of those things have really impacted my experience as a student, and I don't think my time at London would have been uh, served as well, or really been the experience that I didn't even know when I started that that's what I wanted to get out of it. Um, before doing all of that. Mm-hmm. Sounds like your um, breadth of experience was really key to the how enriching the, how enriching your experience has been, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. Wow. Okay, that's great. Um, where can people connect with you or follow you if if that is something that you're interested in? Well, if you go 
London, the number one place I always is the center of excellence. If you need to find me, that's where I'll be. If I'm not there, it means that I'm in the library and I should be disturbed. (laughs) Perfect. And for all the listeners not at Glendon, come visit the campus. Center of Excellence. Look Look for Diane. Yes. (laughs) Thanks so much, Diane. It's a pleasure. Wow. Thank you, Diane, for sharing your story and for sharing your strategies for being involved, making friends, building self-confidence, navigating the imposter syndrome, managing stress, and combining academic and co-curricular interests to maximize learning opportunities. I don't know about you, but I've really learned a lot from each of our interviewees, so thanks again to each of them. Thanks also to my friend and musician, Jose Miguel, for the music, and to you for listening, commenting, liking, and sharing. I really appreciate it. Until next time, keep striving.